0: That's the thing that I love the most about Japan is yeah. that there is a community for whatever it is you're into. Like yeah. if you're into underwater basket weaving, yeah. like there's a community out there in Japan that really loves underwater basket weaving. Yeah. If you're into like furries, there's like a community like a community that's into furries. If you're really into anime, there's a yeah. community that's into anime. You know, whatever floats your boat and it's really non judgmental. Yeah. Unlike if you were in like the United States and you're like I like anime and then people are like
1: it's becoming more, more what mainstream but yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm i'm using like very very specific generalizations for yeah. people who like like to come to japan not yeah. saying that like people want to come to Japan <laughs> to be like part of the furry community <laughs> but, but you I imagine just- like
1: all the furries and the weaves just like desperate to to get the the, the plane ticket because coronavirus and all the the flights are not being allowed to come in oh my god could you yeah. it's like oh my god i can't wait i need my fix You know,
0: probably the furry community is the only community right now that could probably meet up (laughs) and do stuff.
1: All right, guys. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast. Here I am today with not Wendy, but one of my closest friends. Uh, here we continue the, the tradition of bringing friends to the table and having weird conversations. <laughs> I, I know you don't want me to, 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 to put too many adjectives into that, but I would just let you to introduce yourself.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to think too much into that. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello. My name is, uh, Alexander Rivera. Uh, my friends call me Ace. I've gone by the name Ace Rivera since I was about five years old. I am yeah. 30 years old. I've been in Japan as of tomorrow, it'll be five years yeah. that I've uh, lived in Japan.
1: Mm. Wow, it's a long time. Does it yeah. feel like a long time?
0: Um, I was thinking about it a lot today. Oh. Uh, it does and it doesn't. You know, like mm-hmm. like I I blinked and it was like five years have gone by, and then I also feel like I've been here for a really long time.
1: That's a half a decade. You know, it is. It is. And and if you if you think about the, your next five years mm-hmm. it feels also like a big commitment commitment, but in reality, it just goes by, especially if you're doing something or being somewhere that's like new and fresh all the time. Mm. you're just constantly in that state of like uh enjoying things and time just flies so So can you share to your listeners like what is? what is it that you're doing now? What things do you enjoy doing? Like, I know Ooh, that's I, a good you, you, do, yeah. you do art and I really, really love your art. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. I really appreciate that. Uh, so
0: um, at the moment, I am still on the JET program yeah. uh, until the end of the month.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I've been on the JET program for about five years. Uh, I'm sure maybe Wendy had also explained that she was on the JET program yeah. at some point, but it's a teaching program uh, that brings foreigners to Japan. Right. Uh, it is sponsored by the government, so the yeah. government pays us. Uh, here in Tokyo, things work a little bit differently than, than most of the other prefectures, but uh, for the past five years, I've been working for a private school, mm. uh, teaching English for a middle school and an elementary school. And maybe yeah. for about one year, I did uh, high school, but it's all under the same campus. Right.
1: Um.
0: And at the moment, so usually the the jet program runs until about for about five years, and then after that, uh, most people. It. it sorry, let me say that again. So the jet program is a one year commitment that you can extend five times. So the maximum is five years that you can do it. Right. Uh. In my situation, um. Normally, people who do the jet program leave at the end of the summer. Yeah. Right now it's uh, September. There mm-hmm. was the Olympics that were planned. <clears throat> excuse me. There were the Olympics that, that were planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my contract got extended to the end of September um, when the Olympics got canceled uh, and things kind of just like shut down. Uh, as much as my school wanted to keep me on for a sixth year and it was an option throughout the jet program to kind of keep people on, uh, because Japan's just not getting any new teachers in here, yeah. Uh, due to like really weird red tape, um, they're just not able to do it for my yeah. school. So uh, I will be looking for a job at the end of the month. Um, I've been currently looking for jobs. Yeah, uh, I see. So that's the long that's the long version of saying uh, what my occupation is um what do i like to do my hobbies i have so many different hobbies Mm -hmm. um i really love uh traveling around japan Mm -hmm. uh i've been to about 37 out of the 47 prefectures in japan wow i didn't know that yeah (laughs) um
1: i you could definitely like start a youtube channel about traveling in japan
0: yeah i could i've done a little bit of that okay um let me let me <laughs> keep, keep going on like all the. Let different me just things. like keep peeling Sorry. the onion. <laughs> yeah, onion, keep uh, peeling the onion la- uh, layers. Another layer to the legend. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um. My other hobbies include uh, dancing, cooking, and I think what I'm known the most for is doing art. Right. Uh, so what I've been doing for the past year and change is every single day I uh, do a draw journal entry where I draw about something that happened to me that day or something that's really been on my mind that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I upload it to my social media. Mm
1: -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I started it a year and a half ago. Um, There were a lot of different things that were going on in my life. And Mm -hmm. I was just, I really just needed a creative outlet Mm -hmm. uh, to express myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of going through a lull Mm -hmm. period at work. And, um, I was really interested in this, in this girl that was, uh, doing, uh, drawing Mm. and she was really good at it and Mm -hmm. she knew that I was an artist and she really tried to promote the idea of, you know, being more in touch with, with art. And I just thought that was like super admirable. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, at the time, I was following somebody who who is also doing a draw journal uh and has been doing it for years mm-hmm. so those two influences kind of just uh between that person that I you know really admire yeah. and uh this person that I was like following on social media mm-hmm. along with the desire to just have a creative outlet outside of work really pushed me to to do it
1: Wow, do you really feel like? You have grown out of that, just like desire to please these people you admire, into something that, like, no, this is totally mine now. Um, no, it, you know, it was never really about pleasing
0: other people with my art. Okay. Um, as much as like I've had quite a few critics mm-hmm. or or people on my social media try to mm-hmm. try to tell me that it's really not been that at all. Well,
1: it's, let me rephrase that that question, like. Do you feel at at this point that the art that you make is entirely out of your desire to make art instead of like oh i i i do art because i like i admire these people and i want to do what they do
0: no um i would say it changes it really depends on the situation. Most mm. times it's really about, I really need this creative outlet and I just want to do something. Like I want to put my thoughts on paper. Good. Okay. Um, it's a privilege to have other people kind of see uh-huh. the inner workings of my life. Right. Um, I try to be a very private person and like not let that many people in on what's really going on.
1: Right.
0: Uh, and this is a way for me to share that. But at any time I've, I feel like I don't have to share this with the world. I can continue doing my draw journal without kind of showing everybody else. Right. Uh, and I did that for a month this year uh, where I just like, I kind of just needed some time to myself mm-hmm. working on my own art, uh, doing, like taking like art classes on my own right. and not posting up anything. Okay. Uh, sometimes I have uploaded some, some pieces of art uh, that I felt like, really captures what I was really thinking that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I think what really helps is uh, that I have people who motivate me to keep going. Right, That's what it really is. Like if I don't have a good set routine, right. then I'm just going to kind of fall out of it. Like, having a good routine every single day that expresses my creative outlet, is just a very positive thing for me. It kind of keeps me focused and on track.
1: Um,
0: It gives me a goal of like, okay, this is where I want to go. And then when I look back at all of my art, excuse me, when I look back at all of my art, uh, I have an exact picture of, okay, this is what I did that day Uh six months ago. This is what I was thinking about. Okay. This is the the type of like headspace that I was in okay. and it's so easy to forget that like in just like the regular daily life and that mm-hmm. like that's really cool about having a journal yeah but having like a draw journal is something where I am able to kind of express myself
1: right.
0: and have something that's artistic and then throughout that you kind of see a certain progression of of my art and like mm. getting better or, or whatnot and okay other days I've just you know kind of just did some scribbles, and
1: that was it interesting so in in a way, your art has become the way that you journal your days, like you put your your feelings or your <coughs> uh your mindset at the moment in that art, yeah, and then you can go back and kind of connect back to that yes i mean that's that's the original
0: purpose of it right interesting so. Like, it's a draw journal. So mm. it's just a regular journal entry of what it is that I did that day mm. or something that was significant about that day or something mm. that I was really thinking about that day. Mm. And then I just put that on paper.
1: Right.
0: And then when I look back at it, like, I was just scrolling through all of the photos in my in my phone right now, and I was looking at certain photos, and I was like, wow, that's, like, over a year ago that, that I was doing that. Like, uh... And, you know, doing something like this every single day, you know, you do it on days where you don't feel well. You do it on days where you're on vacation. You do it on days that you're, like, really stressed or busy. But you at least remember those things, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Do you remember what you did on April 27th of this year?
1: Oh, my God. If I did, I would pro- I would probably be, like, a <laughs> savant. Uh, but no. Right. Especially because the thing is, like, human beings are very bad at, storing uh, inconsequential information. like It has to be a very um, strong emotion that you have to feel at that day or at that moment that kind of cements that memory into your brain. For example, there's a lot of uh, traumatic events that people have had in their lives that you kind of remember even the smells and the tastes of the things uh, if you were eating something where you experienced something. Uh, But I guess it's great to to have, that's that's why it's so important to have a journal or in this case a art journal where you can actually create something that makes that link for you and at least helps you keep some information from that, uh, from that day into your life. Yeah. 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 Uh, Do you usually like try to go back to art that? like, was linked to a very happy day. What do you mean? Like, if you had a very good day, you make an art, uh, art on that day, and then, like, six months later, once you see that art, you remember all the good things that happened that day?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you you put down all the good things and you put down all the bad things.
1: Right, right. no, I understand that, but what I mean, like, it would be great if, in a bad day, you just go back through the good things that remind you like, Oh, I, I, I love that day that I was with my friends and we had like a birthday party or something that makes you feel better.
0: Mm, no, I don't necessarily go through my like catalog of, of entries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I like specifically do on, on a day where I'm just like, I don't really feel that well. Let Mm -hmm. me look at, at like a journal entry that I did. It's more of whatever, whatever random thing happens that day, or maybe, maybe some event that pops up in my head and I'm just like, Oh, I drew about that. And then like, I'll try and look for it. Or, uh, maybe I'm going through my phone camera for like, you know, different things. And I, I see like an entry that, you know, really resonates with me. Uh, Yeah. Some, a lot of it kind of like blends together once you have, Mm -hmm. once you've been doing it every day for a a year. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's very interesting because like nowadays we have an infinite backlog of, uh, photos in our phones where we can go back to pretty much any time where we took a picture and kind of reminisce on whatever was happening at that moment that triggered us to want to take a picture. Um, and I assume a lot of people feel like that's the purpose of their huge, huge uh, collection of pictures. Yeah. Although it's kind of daunting because when once you have like 10,000 pictures, you just, it's like might as well don't have any pictures because you trying to find something in there without the assistance of some sort of like Search engine is so daunting.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, how often do you go... Do you scroll through all of your photos in your catalog? (laughs) Well, that's why I asked (laughs) the question. That's why I asked the question.
1: Because I personally uh, sometimes look for fun memories on my pictures. Okay. Uh, Especially on difficult days because I feel that it brings me back to a better mindset. And, like... I, I've never had a journal myself but I felt like if I had a journal that's what I would use it for but I never really understood why people have their own journals
0: oh I hated journaling as a kid
1: I oh. and I mean I still hate journaling
0: really in, in a way like the, the I I have a love-hate relationship with routine and Right. Uh, Interesting. The idea of like sitting down and writing about your life is like just taking this just. Can we curse on here?
1: Yeah, we can curse. Okay. It's
0: works. like taking this big shit. Right. You know, you need to do it. Right. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, I really I don't really want to do this. Like it's a lot yeah. to to really release out here. So that's that's the way that journaling really is. Um Or at least for me, like, writing down a journal. And there were times in my life, sporadically, and even still now, like, I have a separate journal that has, you know, maybe more intimate details of my life Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe I'll take an hour or two hours just writing down, and it will feel like I'm just taking this really big shit, and I don't really know how uh, how to do that on a daily basis of just writing out all of the really firing and troublesome stuff. But then when you look back at it, not saying you look back at your own shit, (laughs) but when you look back at your your own journal and you're like, wow, I don't even remember that. Like Yeah,
1: yeah. Your mind pretty much censors a lot of things that it thinks that is not useful, especially if it's like again, mundane, repetitive, like you don't remember every single day that you were driving to work. No. But if you have an accident, you sure remember that. Yeah. 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 Those are the those are the those like special moments. Yeah. By the way, guys, we are actually drawing while we're having this conversation. Yes. So if we kind of sound a little bit distracted, it's because we're paying attention to our art. Well, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I am also quite a multitasker. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that. anything about you. I'm just okay. saying about myself because I know myself. Okay.
0: Did you, uh? now this is like
1: your second or third time now working with watercolors, right? My second time, actually. Okay. I mean, maybe I've done it when I was a kid, but I don't remember. Mm, Yeah,
0: it's only been like a handful of times that I've ever done watercoloring as well, too. But uh, I find the process to be quite cathartic. Uh, And today I'm using a different type of style that, uh, I've not done before, which is uh, I'm using colored pencils and I'm actually drawing the piece first and then kind of coloring over it or using the water over it. So the- To so like
1: dilute the lines that you make?
0: Yeah, so Interesting. when you color with uh, with a pencil, with a watercolor pencil, it's just like using a regular pencil, right? Right. And then you put like a watercolor brush over it and then yeah. it just, it, you know, turns into the type of watercolor that you- you know, you can recognize. Interesting, I'm going to try that actually. The other type that I've been using for the past couple of, of times that I've done watercoloring is, you know, you get out like your little palette and then you, you know, use your watercolor pencil and then you kind of like draw on that watercolor palette and then, you know, put some water on there and then, you know, it turns basically into that like watercolor set that you 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 recognize. But it's interesting to, you know, kind of go back and forth and see see how you can change you know. different things.
1: Yeah, the first time I actually started learning about how interesting uh, and complicated actually can turn to to do uh, the complicated things that you do with watercolors that was right after we did our first session a few days ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I was surprised with how much detail you got out of the. Uh, very small set of tools that we had at the time, but you could do so many things to actually uh, spread the color and create different effects.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's um, just like with painting though, it's a very type of patient art. And uh, if there's one thing that I've learned from doing art every day is just learning how to be patient with your medium. Uh, And probably the biggest thing that, or I guess the biggest obstacle for me with watercolor was really just having the patience for, for things to kind of dry out and learning different techniques and uh, things like that. Whereas with actual pencils, you know, you can draw and you can draw over stuff. And, you know, if you make a mistake, you can, you can erase. You yeah. can't really do that with uh, with painting. So it's yeah. a different type of medium, different with, type of style.
1: With oil, you can paint on top of stuff, but with watercolors, not so much, right?
0: Yeah. With, I think also with oil, you can kind of paint over, right?
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. with, with oil and basic paint, you can paint on top of stuff, but watercolor, it won't mm. look very well. No, no. So, um,
0: yeah, it's it's been an interesting slash uh, frustrating learning process is what I can really say out of it.
1: I can imagine. Yeah. And, like, getting out of your comfort zone every time because I know you started doing just pencil drawing, mm-hmm. and that probably was... The best way to uh, approach learning drawing or making art it's more accessible I would say
0: um, I really don't like making a mess when it comes to art like I, I, I want it to be a very simple setup mm. where I can do my art for however long I want to and mm-hmm. then clean up no mess no hassle and with pencils it's very very simple and easy and you right. can you know you can pick up and do a drawing outside and you can you know do it in your house you can do it anywhere really with every other medium you can't really do that unless you're doing like maybe digital art on like the iPad
1: that's true that's true i'm more of a digital digital art person not just because I enjoy playing with technology, but because I feel more comfortable when I know I can actually erase things and go back. It's so nerve wracking to me, but I, I really commend people who venture to uh, not only uh, do things that are complicated and a bit daunting, but uh, dedicate the time. Because I'm sure, I'm sure, like to be able to get to the level that you got. You have to put a lot of hours into it.
0: Um, people always say that, uh, you know, like, especially when they look at a piece that I've done and they're like, mm-hmm. wow, you know, you've improved so much. I wish I could do that. And it's really like, when I first started, which is actually really interesting because the, the first day that I started doing this draw journal was the first day that I met you. So really? yeah.
1: When you came to, when you came here? No. Oh no! no. no we but went that to was the like, first time you painted in front of me. You, you draw in front of me. Yes. The first yeah. day
0: that I yeah. met you, we went to Kokuichi together. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But like maybe... And from that point on, it was love. Yeah. Love at first sight. <laughs> exactly. The, um, but before that, maybe for about like an hour or so or 25 right. minutes. I can't remember how long it took me to do that first piece that, that I did. But, um, you know, it was like 20, 30 minutes, maybe an hour. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. It was so long ago. Right. But, you know, you do that for a couple minutes every day, and, you know, it just becomes a skill. Right. You know, like, I was just looking at some of the coding stuff that you were doing, and it, it, it's a completely different language that I have yeah. no idea how to do. <laughs> and, you know, when you look at a skill like that, it takes – Hundreds of hours to yeah. to learn and master, but in reality, it's
1: just you know a little bit every day. Well, I mean that's that's what everybody should. I uh, rephrase that. That's what people should expect out of the difficult things. That it's going to be challenging but surmountable, right? Sure, and the. I mean, a lot of people don't have this mentality unfortunately, but you can compartmentalize, uh the progress that you need to make to be able to get to a goal to achieve some sort of mastery in some uh, in some talent in some skill set and and tackle it every day, and that's what you did like you, you didn't think about like, oh I have to get to that level. you just started doing it right yeah and a lot of people just get lost in, in that fear of like, oh, but I have to get to that point and I'm really nowhere near it close and don't even start.
0: Uh, I mean, I was definitely I was definitely that way as well too because uh, I'm, I was a very imper- in, impatient person when it came to art. Right. Um, like I've always had a sort of natural talent for art, but I've never had like the refined skills. I went to an art school for maybe about, Three months and even at that art school, I was just learning architecture. So I wasn't really learning, uh, specific techniques and, you know, learning the fundamentals of art. It it wasn't like that at all. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the real breaking point was, you know, like seeing this girl who, uh, she did very simple drawings uh they weren't like extremely elaborate or extremely detailed but they were beautiful in their own right and the Mm -hmm. way that she would talk about you know her doing her own art and um you know i would ask her like you know how do you have the patience to do to do that and you know she would tell me that she would she didn't feel like she was a great artist she just did it and she just had the patience for it and i was like okay yeah i guess i could do the same thing
1: too yeah it's kind of unfortunate that a lot of teachers are not able to communicate that the way some people do. Like, sometimes you feel like, oh, for example, math is not for me. And a lot of the time it's just that you don't, you haven't been able to cross path with someone that can actually turn on that light inside of you. Like that desire to be able, or, or clarify that, like, it's not as daunting as you feel it is but uh, the lucky ones were like, they have a friend who like, was willing to sit down with them and like, okay, let's see how we can do this, or like made it more attainable by putting it into a frame- in framework that's like uh, workable. Like, yes, I did this. I'm a, I'm a developer or something. And what I did is this, this, and this, and this. And if you do that, you can achieve that too. Like it, it, it clears the mystery, the, the fog mm-hmm. of how do you get there?
0: Uh, yes. So, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's a lot more than just, you know, math or programming. You know, you could say the same thing about Japanese. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know people who have been here for... 10, 15, 20 years that mm-hmm. you know still know do not know any Japanese whatsoever. And
1: I, I would say some of them maybe
0: don't have the right teacher. Uh you, no, I disagree with that. Really? Yeah, because like you could have the right teacher, you can have the wrong teacher, but if you're you're just if you're unmotivated, then you're just unmotivated. If you found like no way to link the idea of studying Japanese with, yeah. you know, fun or a specific type of benefit, then there's well, I'm not, no specific reason. I'm not saying, why I'm not saying there's no responsibility
1: study. on, on, on your part to mm-hmm. be able to conjure that, uh, desire to do the things to, mm-hmm. to do the hard work, right. To dedicate yourself to the, the work. Right. But, I would definitely attest to the fact that uh, there are people out there that have the skills to manifest wonder in people and, like, the desire to grow. And those are the the best educators, I feel, are out there. I'll give you an example. Uh, I've always loved... Uh, astronomy, mm-hmm. because I've always felt like we, as humans, are destined to go out of the planet and visit the stars and kind of like make the the galaxy or or the universe our garden, I guess if you want to say it in that way. Just we we are responsible to extend ourselves and in a way kind of like give birth to this uh, civilization of the stars isn't that a bit arrogant though like <laughs> maybe and and now with all the things that you're seeing in the world it feels more and more like distant and kind of like conceited uh. but Okay, but let me let me let me finish my. <laughs> okay. So what I'm trying to say is, that didn't came, that didn't come uh, out of nowhere in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people that, well, not a lot of people, a few people, that were really good at make me wonder about what was out there. Okay. And I am not the only one. Like it's something that they're really good at and has allowed them to be very successful. One of them, uh, Neil Tyson, uh, Carl Sagan, uh, uh, Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. They're all very, very brilliant people and very good educators. Okay. Some more than others, but they have become, uh, extremely good at, Creating that kind of sense of wonderment that you would say, like, if you know the kids that turn out to become that kind of like, I want to be an astronomer and that kind of stuff. If you knew them before they started feeling that way, you wouldn't believe that they wanted, like, that was them. Okay. So, from my experience, there are, are definitely people, and I think that's a skills a skill set that you can create, mm-hmm. that are capable of manifesting that desire to learn something. Like, a lot of people would say, like, I- math is just not for me. But once they kind of cross paths, like I said, with a really good teacher, I think that at least they can turn that mentality into, like, you know what? it's not that it's not for me like I can do it, but maybe it's not what I want to pursue, okay, and I guess that's what I, that's what I wanted to say. It's not like I'm gonna they someone can turn someone who's really not adept uh at like doing science and stuff and turn them into scientists. It's just someone that can actually. Proof to you, I guess, like bring that out, out of you. Yeah, that you can do it. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Um that, that was a really long and broken explanation. No, I, I understand. I, I
0: I thought you were you were gonna go into this like long rant and like how it's our destiny to just like colonize other worlds. Oh and, no I mean you know, you know I have, I have
1: very strong doubts right now, but you know, I'm being positive.
0: The Okay, so I, I agree with you in in a certain context.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yes, everyone needs a specific type of teacher that inspires them to to really question society or question a specific type of motive or goal. They're yeah. supposed to feed that fire or, you know, plant the seed, I guess, uh, metaphorically.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh I think every person needs an initial teacher that gives them that spark right outside of that it's really on your own to to keep going right because a teacher can only take you so far or certain teachers that are are only in your life for for a certain amount of time they're not there forever
1: yeah that's right
0: so uh once you have that seed planted like that first person that you that you meet that you like kind of study from that, you know, that, that gives you that type of mentality that like, oh yes, I can do this. Yeah. Then, you know, it's up to you to kind of keep going on that. Absolutely. Yes. You can run into really good teachers and then you can run into some like really bad teachers and just have bad experiences.
1: And they can ruin it for you.
0: Yeah. It's much harder to like have a teacher that inspires you once you have that like specific mindset of like oh yeah like i can't i can't do this that's just not for me right that's just not for me yeah it's possible it's absolutely possible i think it's much easier if you have some like a teacher that like your initial teacher that introduces you to a specific subject or mm-hmm. a specific topic is able to kind of like inspire you and and plant that seed
1: yeah and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that's like in academics it could just be your friend or it could be a family member that is just really passionate about something and you kind of just feel, like, interest. Like, oh, uh, Uncle Bob is always talking about motorcycles and he always took me on on a ride on Sundays and somehow I kind of felt like I want to learn more about motorcycles and then, he, like, that person turns into, I don't know, someone who really loves to work with very specialized motorcycles or something. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's very likely that your exposures while you're like in that time of childhood, like in between three and I don't know, 15, all the things that you're exposed to define you very, very strongly. Can I can I make light of this thing,
0: this Go idea? But like, like, in in the past, uh, you know, when I when I had like used Tinder a lot in in Japan, like yeah. I've run into like so many girls that you know l- got that that initial spark to learn English through like hip hop. Oh my god! And then like <laughs> you know, they, then they <laughs> they come up to me, and they're like, "Oh, I love hip hop. Do you like hip hop?" And I'm like, "Well." Yeah. So I like some songs. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's just a it's a very interesting like conversation starter, especially because you know, obviously the viewers can't see it right now. But yeah. I'm I'm pretty chocolate. Uh,
1: oh, that's the best description of someone of color ever. I'm pretty chocolate. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, girl, I'm pretty chocolate. You know,
0: <laughs> it's kind of. It's not that really hard to, for someone to see that that I look different here in Japan. <laughs> it's yeah. actually really funny because like the first week that I was here in Japan, right right uh, I was I was going into my teacher's office and there must have been this like maybe fourth grader or fifth grader that like didn't see me come into the into the room. Oh I was right. right. I was like I was right behind him and he like yeah. turns around and he just like, kind of gets like that scared jump and he's like chocolate (gasps) like (laughs) like oh chocolate person wow (laughs) and um at the time i'm you know i'm not really exposed to to children that much right or at least least japanese children that much Mm -hmm. uh it's it's like still my first week so i'm kind of like oh that was kind of racist but you know i don't i didn't really think that much of it and so I was like, um, I, I told the, the teacher, I was like, uh, maybe you should kind of not teach them that that's okay for you to say that. Yeah. And, like, the, the teacher just, like, scolds the hell out of this kid to the point oh. where he, you know, he has to, like, read this letter of apology oh, while no. he's, like, crying. It was, it was this really just embarrassing moment. Oh, my God. But since then, I'm kind of just, like, you know, it would be, it would suck for someone to, like, call me that. Yeah. But I'm okay with owning that. Like, like yeah. if I if I called myself like a chocolate person, or if I just like said like ah oh, chocolate, chocolate hito, yeah. like I'm like oh okay yeah. But would I want to hear this it. from a Japanese person? Like oh look, it's a chocolate person. I'm like
1: mm, no mm, no, that's no. a little racist. Yeah, <laughs> if it's an adult, it's like no, I don't give you a pass on that. Yeah, yeah, and especially to the parents, because sometimes it's like. Uh, they're learning that from somewhere and it's from yeah, parents
0: yeah they're you know they're, they're learning that from somewhere you know you gotta make sure that Kokun you know understands diversity and you know is cool with other people but you, on the flip side of that as well too is like these types of experiences really shape a Japanese person to the yeah. point where like they now they know
1: you know like I don't know maybe they feel so ashamed about that that they don't even want to interact with any foreigners any, anymore.
0: Highly doubtful cuz like I'm I was in this person's life for about 2 years before really? they, before they graduated. So you know at that point I, I, if I remember correctly I did establish a really good relationship with that with that student from from that point on.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: But again this was like 3 years ago. Three, four, no, sorry, five years ago when that first occurred, and then after that, it was like another two years of me knowing that student. So I, in my tenure now, I've probably had taught like four or five thousand kids. Mm. So you know, it's hard to remember every single one.
1: Do you think that kid now, like, is he? Is he? Was he in high school? Like, is is he now like university?
0: No, he's probably in high school right now. Probably no, okay. in ninth grade. Like he tells that story no friends. no he probably <laughs> forgot about it oh it, it's hard it's hard to say like what what children will remember about you or what they won't remember about you mm-hmm. um and that's just because uh and that's just really arrogant to think that like oh, okay, yeah, like these people are gonna absolutely remember me you know i th- I think that's that's part of the like I want to say like the white savior mentality or it's just like, oh yeah, like I'm going to make a difference in Japan. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I I don't, I think, or at least when I first came here, I had the idea that I was going to make a difference on an individual level. And if I did make an impact on that person, then yes, absolutely. I think my, my goal has always been, especially when teaching or you know, teaching people inside the classroom and outside the classroom. Like if, they may not like really like English right now or they may not like foreigners right now, but mm-hmm. some point in their life, if they ever decide that they want to study English again or you know, they, they decide that they want to travel to the United States or they want to travel to New York City from like where I'm, that's where I'm from, mm-hmm. uh, that they might think about maybe something good that happened where I was in their life for that period of time. And right. I think that, that's part the part where I'm just like, okay, this, this is the rewarding part of me being here in Japan. But do I think that I'm going to absolutely influence everyone? God, no. It's still a, you know a pretty tough process to be in another country and decide to, you know, leave everything behind that you know. Oh, yeah. Some people decide, though, that they only want to be out here for a couple of years, and then other yeah. people are just like, I'm a
1: lifer. <laughs> that's quite true.
0: Yeah, so I, I think there there's also, like, a different way to kind of approach that situation, and, it, you know, that that's hard to... It's, it's hard to... I, I guess I would describe myself as someone who wants to be in japan long term um and i think the hardest thing for me specifically is like watching friends leave and like being like man i was like really close to you and you only decided that you wanted to be here for about two years and then after that you you go home um but then you know after that you meet like another friend and you know another person who's just like new to japan
1: yeah for for a brief time in my uh first few years here in japan i felt like tokyo was just like a revolving door of new people coming in oh yeah it still is yes yeah. I mean, yeah yeah but you you eventually make your own circles and try to keep them like close and it becomes more and more difficult to introduce more people into your circle i feel
0: yes yeah yeah, I had a really tough time with this uh, last summer. Really? Um, yeah, because I had a lot of, of friends who were here with me like since the beginning, and they they have left, or like people that. Yeah, it was just it was a season of like uh, of just people exiting between like summer of 2019 and like December of 2019, mm-hmm. and like when I now look back at it, I'm like man, you guys got out at either, like, the worst time yeah, or the best oh time. The best time. <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> it or really depends timing. on what, like, the situation it is yeah. when you, you know, you know, how you landed on your feet after you left Japan. Right. Yeah, that, that could be pretty difficult. Okay. So, so far, uh, this watercolor picture that I've been doing is of Mount
1: Fuji. Looks amazing, by the way. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you. I've got quite a few more details to put in, but I think I'm gonna take a little bit of a break and kinda of focus on this you know, this uh microphone here.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well it, I I kinda of feel a bit like self conscious because I my the what I'm trying to do is like my own rendition of what the ocean it looks like. Mm-hmm. Very dirty. Oh. Uh, ooh <laughs> it was easier to, to draw or just to imagine. But you know i enjoy i'm just enjoying my time i'm not thinking too much about like i need to make it look perfect oh no 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 yeah. no yeah perfection
0: is really hard to to deal with as an artist too um dirty water though like dirty ocean water well yeah you look at it a little bit i'm trying to put some dirt into it oh you've got yeah. mountains in there too like oh man that's really dope i really <laughs> like that oh uh. Can we um, trade? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I want to show that one to my family, not this one. Mm. Um, no, you can't have it. That,
0: that one I'm sending home so, to my family. Okay. Uh, well, dirty, like, <laughs> dirty ocean water. Have you ever been to Okinawa?
1: Uh, yes, yes, I have.
0: Yeah, yeah right. You, you went to Okinawa with, yeah. with Wendy, right? Yeah. Did you actually get to see things. the ocean water out there? Because, like, it's definitely not, like,
1: dirty ocean water. No, it's... Some areas are, like, pristine, some of the clearest were I've seen. And I come from a tropical country, so I know what oh, yeah, right, yeah. pristine water is. Yeah. If you want to come to Japan and you want to have a good time on the beach, go to Okinawa. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, have you been to any other places in Japan that, that also have that, that kind of water, though?
1: No, no. I unfortunately haven't had the opportunity. We haven't had the opportunity to do a lot of uh, tourism. We regret it because now we feel like we can't have it. Like, we lost that opportunity, that window. But we'll see right. how things change in the, in the next few years.
0: So what happens if you... I mean, obviously, like, this pandemic will last quite quite some time. But what happens if you, you're just like, okay, it's time to leave Japan, right? But I mean, that's time coming. that time is gone But you just haven't had that, like... That time to really explore and see uh, see what Japan really has to offer.
1: Well, I feel that I can always come back. Like I'm never going to divorce myself completely from Japan. I have so many things here. I feel like people say that, but then, yeah, it's a, like, it's a big it's a big. I
0: rarely ever see somebody ever return and, it's a long to like <laughs> visit. Yeah, it's a long flight. Like, I'm trying to think now if there's ever been one person who like lived here and came back for a couple days. Like in my five years, maybe there, there might've been one person. Mm. I think, yeah, I think I only know one person who, who was here and I didn't even meet them while they were here. They like, I met them at home and they used to live in Japan. Again, it is really, really difficult. Like once you leave Japan, you, you're gone for a while.
1: Yeah. Well, that was a great conversation. And I really appreciate you coming here and joining me in doing some art and also talking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. I think we've had the opportunity to just express ourselves in different ways, and I really hope we can do this again. Like, Yeah. Maybe not necessarily doing off-color, um, what is it, wire uh, art, maybe ex- uh, try something different. Okay. That'll be cool. Yeah. And tackling other conversations that i feel we we can share with people and uh don't forget to check our podcast don't tell my grandma and check all the other episodes and if you have any questions please send us an email at, at email at podcast at don't tell my grandma.com. uh visit our website at uh at journeyforwisdom.com
0: uh if you guys want to follow me uh some of my art my instagram page is under at ace370
1: bye take care